Can you try talking again? Yes, I can. Ah, there we go. And I can continue to talk if need be. That's perfect. No, you can stop now. Okay, I'll just be quiet for the rest of the recording. No, I'm just kidding. Well, should we just get into it? I don't know. How does this usually go? This is my first time. Oh, this is your first time? Well, welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you. This is my first time not wearing headphones. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, you sound great. Thank you. I'm my Harper. My tones. Yes, I'm Harper. I'm Jonathan. And this is Hawkeyes. Authentic knowledge and feelings. I feel it. I feel it. Hey, yeah, I know where you're going with this. You want a little cliff that makes everybody laugh and feel good. You know what I mean? Instead, it's like. Ooh. But I'm really not funny. No, no, no. And we should have a podcast. What? <laughs> okay. have a guest this week what a theme song oh a great theme song yeah it just yeah. happened love yeah. it you love to hear it you love to hear it um but yeah so we don't have a guest this week our our film for this episode that we watched was a little heavy um, yeah uh understandably we we know we largely have comedians and podcasters join us on the show yeah. and uh I understand not feeling comfortable hopping on for this one. Um, But, you know, it's okay. I think this is, it's good for us every once in a while to have a check-in. Yeah. I, I was talking to, to some friends, friends of the pod, actually all four of them (laughs) that have been guests of the podcast before. Uh, Lauren Bresnahan and Kaylee Corbett and Nicole Winecki and... Jorge, although I think he's just on this group text, but wasn't talking that day. But anyway, I was telling them all that, or this was a Google Hangout, whatever. I don't know. Time is meaningless. Um, methods of communication are all one now because no, nothing is face-to-face really in person. That is correct. But anyway, so I was talking to them and I was saying that I think our worst episodes are the ones where it's just the two of us. Mm-hmm. And um, they all said that they really enjoyed them. Did they, the episodes where were they it was just, just being the two nice? Of us. No, I don't think Did so. Did they name specific examples? Um, well, I think they were talking about the episodes that we had done, and then also like in general when podcasters just do like guestless episodes, mm-hmm. just the two of them, mm-hmm. um, or however many hosts there are on the show. But I no, I don't think they were just being nice because I continued to explain why I thought they were the worst episodes. Mm -hmm. Um, Well, that's a great way to start this one off. Yeah. Just a resounding out the gate. (laughs) I feel very confident about how this is going to go. Yeah. Well. And not for nothing. uh Uh-huh. We're stuck together. We are. We've been inside together for 29 whole days. Yeah. Yeah. Um, we did have a roommate for the first three weeks. We did, yeah. And that went fine. That went fine. Yeah. And that was good. And now it's like we're relearning how to do this whole thing all over again. Exactly. Because there's just two of us now. 
Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, we've like basically lived together for seven years. Wow, amazing. More or less. Amazing. I mean, less technically, but you know, on and off. Mm-hmm. So on and off. Well, like. Oh, between like between, college and stuff like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, like yeah, when yeah. you were still in college and I graduated right, early because right, I'm right. really smart. Yeah. Um, and you know, summers and all that when we weren't like fully formed adults yet, mm-hmm. and still went to live with our parents. So yeah, um, so I think we're fine, right? We're fine in what regard? In quarantine together. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I think we're doing a good job. Um. Yeah, I really haven't been going outside. Yeah. Yeah. I went for a walk yesterday. That was good. I would have wanted to go with you, except for I was really comfortable on the couch. Yeah, I went for a long walk. Yeah. Uh, it was quite a bit. Mm-hmm. It was nice. I and I went up this. There's this part of this neighborhood that's like up a hill. I'm not going to say where, Uh but you go up a hill, the top of the hill, it's like you can see kind of over Culver City. (laughs) (laughs) But you won't say where. (laughs) No, but you, I mean, Culver City is a big enough place, you know. Uh People already know we live on the west side, right? Yeah. And uh, there's a set of stairs over there. The Culver stairs? No, different ones. Okay. Anyway, there's this gigantic house there that looks like... It looks like an airplane hangar or like it's, it's crazy. It's the craziest house I've ever seen. Airplane it's, hangar. I already I hardly know. Her. How does that joke go? Yeah. Yeah. Like that. You have to just, you have to sell Air, it. Yeah. Airplane S- hangar. I hardly know her. Yeah. That's much better. There we go. Yeah. yeah. It's been a while. I'm out of practice. Yeah. On telling jokes. Cause I'm not funny and we shouldn't have a podcast. No. <laughs> It's called a reference. Yeah. Callback, if you will. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, yeah, when you were out for that walk, I was home watching Big Love because that's what I do now. I just watch yeah. Big Love all the time. Um, and then I just really suddenly there was a firework that was like a block away, like right over this church that's right by us. And it was really weird. Like, I feel like they must have done it from the parking lot of that church or something. It was so close. Hmm. It was weird. Yeah, it must have been a little further away that I wouldn't have heard it. Because I think when you messaged me, I was kind of like in a different part of Mm -hmm. town. Yeah, you know, like on uh, (laughs) on like uh, like motor. Uh Yeah, yeah. And like where it goes like that. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. That's where I was. Nice. Where the train goes. Cool. Yeah. Um. Yeah. They couldn't hear that, right? No. No. This no, isn't no, on no. mic, is it? No. No. Okay. Off good. the record. This is. This is just like rehearsal, right? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah. And we're gonna do it exactly the same way. Exactly the same way. And when we yeah, because this people don't know this, but this podcast is actually scripted. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We write down everything that we want to say. All of our guests, they all seem like they have different personalities. <laughs> That's just us. We wrote the script for them. Mm, all paid actors. Sent it to them. How? Well, they're, no, they're, un, they're interns. Oh, they're interns. They're interns. Sorry, yeah. yeah. They're just happy to do it for us. Mm-hmm. We send them scripts. 
we do about a week of rehearsals we're giving them experience yeah and then on like friday night lauren michaels comes in (laughs) (laughs) Uh uh-huh and then he he he, we run it through with him and then saturday we record monday Mm -hmm. we put out the episode and that's why the end of every episode is really terrible uh depends on how you look at it oh damn that's right that's right staunch snl defender jonathan zavaletta well no it's more that sometimes the end ones are with some of the weirder ones and sometimes they're funnier because they're weirder Mm -hmm. sometimes the early ones will be like just the political sketches that are kind of sometimes be like beat by beat basically but the end ones sometimes are like the weirdest like papyrus the one with ryan gosling Mm -hmm. that's like an end of the night sketch yeah i'm pretty sure so some of the like weirder ideas get hashed out near the end of the show Mm -hmm. i like snl no i like snl too too. i'm just explaining why i i think i shouldn't even talk i always fall asleep after like the first three sketches and then i'm out that's true that's true. maybe i'll make it to the first musical number you know yeah yeah i thought there would be two musical performances but there was just one uh maybe it's because they had pete davidson rap twice twice yeah Yeah. i've only saw the first one live but then i saw that there was another one yeah yeah the other one was the two thousand dollars that one was pretty i thought his i thought his songs were pretty funny he had the one that was drake song mm-hmm. yeah, the chorus is just like this is drake this is a drake song or whatever. oh no i saw two thousand dollars too i guess i saw both of them yeah yeah yeah, yeah. the other one was two thousand dollars he's like he was saying that he's like i have a stack of bills and it's two thousand yeah. dollars and it's all the money i have yeah it's pretty funny that was good yeah i'm glad he he got like the first sketch of the night i think yeah it's cool i'm glad that he like well maybe it's not as Still hard for him now that they're all separate that's true maybe he's feeling better because he's not around everyone of all yeah. of them as much hope so yeah because I, I like i like that he's on snl i think he, he has a fresh i do too fresh uh perspective i agree well this uh been a good episode of the snl review podcast yeah can you imagine if is we there did an SNL, there's gotta be an right? snl recap podcast i, don't I know. feel like it'd be like a vulture thing vulture i think reviews every episode of snl oh yeah like oh just like written though yeah just written yeah yeah yeah, yeah i'm trying to i don't i feel like i don't this is bad i feel like i don't know what podcast vulture has I, no I, I i i'm trying to think of them and i just keep thinking of vox podcasts is vulture what who are they it's a new york mag yeah they are yeah new york yeah, yeah. podcast oh did they have they do the uh the ringer they have a few it looks like uh like the big the i feel like the ringer is one of them oh wait no this is our articles about podcasts yeah. hmm, maybe they don't who does the ringer the ringer is not sports is the ringer sports mm, i don't think so no what oh, is the maybe ringer? it is oh the ringer is a podcast network i'm gonna cut all this out this is tragic no it's leave it in trash we don't have to know we don't have to know everything about every podcast that's ever come out i just try so hard to be informed you know and you got and you got so far you know <laughs> in the end it didn't even matter Okay, so Ringer has a podcast called The Big Picture, and I was conflating the two. And what is Ringer? Ringer is a podcast network. The Ringer. Oh. 
Okay. I believe. Big fans, by the way. <laughs> yeah. Uh, listen, if you're looking to add an Ethan Hawke podcast to your network, if you are a network, um, we'd love to join you. Yeah. Yeah. Some of my best friends are networks. <laughs> well, maybe we should do an Ethan Hawke related check-in. Like, how are we feeling about Ethan Hawke right now? Um, yeah. Because it's been a while since we've done this. It's been like maybe 20 episodes since we did a solo episode. 15, 20 episodes. Wow. Yeah, it's been a while. It was like tape or something mm-hmm. around that time. So Yeah, that's crazy. We don't have a guest for that one. That's too bad. I know. Yeah, that was, happens. that's a big one. I know it happens, but yeah. that was, yeah, that's a big one. Uh, the last movie we talked about was Sinister. Yeah. Which I thought was fun. And before that, we had, uh, didn't we do... Woman in the Fifth. Woman in the Fifth. Which we saw. <laughs> and... I li- I think I liked Woman in the Fifth, like, more than Sinister. But it's just because I hate horror movies. Yeah, no, I, I, enjoy, I enjoyed Sinister. I thought it was a little... The, it definitely had some kind of junky elements. But, like, that was pretty good. But he's, in, he's, he's doing well face-wise, I feel like. His face... Visually. face and hair yeah face and hair yeah he's going through a really good period right now mm-hmm, moby mm-hmm. dick mm-hmm. yeah looked great sinister he looked good i mean he you know was needed to sleep some more the character sure yeah but he looked pretty good um those glasses that sweater um woman in the fifth again probably needed to sleep more but looked good mm-hmm, mm-hmm, those mm-hmm. glasses mm-hmm, yeah <laughs> um yeah i don't know i'm i'm liking this kind of post crime movie era he's going through oh uh-huh. you know because that was like it was a while it was like three or four movies in a row he did four or five wow for sure because he did, it was brooklyn's finest staten island uh and several other ones no um <laughs> uh before the double knows your dead counts yeah, I think. yeah 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 um I know he did more that are not occurring to me right now. Yeah. Before we watch all those, I kind of assumed that like training day was kind of like a, like an anomaly, mm-hmm. but he has done his fair share of crime. Oh movies. yeah, for sure. Um, Oh, speaking of training day, did you see like news today as of recording today, this is going to come out next Monday, but whatever. Um, there's going to be a new Macbeth movie directed by Joel Cohen, not both of them, just Joel Cohen, uh-huh. starring Denzel Washington. So Denzel and Ethan will have both played Macbeth. Also, how could Denzel Washington play Macbeth? He's like 60? He's not that old. He's 60. I don't know that much He's about He's got to be 60. Let's see. He's definitely like dad aged, you know. Denzel Washington. He's so cool. He is cool. The, there's a song that 60 year olds can be cool that uh amon played oh yeah yeah it was like denzel washington he's so cool or something i believe amon left a review for hawkeyes on apple Podcasts. that was Thanks, the lyrics to that, so- to that song oh yeah 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 yeah, yeah. i'm gonna have him on sometime yeah uh he was born in 1954 so he's 65 you're right i did say 60 70 he is directly yeah. in between those two yeah, ages yeah, yeah. so um yeah, I wonder how that'll work. Francis McDormand. Maybe he won't be. Maybe he'll be just the dad. Joel Cohen. Just Joel Cohen. Yeah. I don't think they've ever done that before. I, 
they must have separated for maybe they've written, even they've maybe they've written, written separately though you don't think they've ever written separately I, maybe in their diary but even <laughs> then i'm not sure i think joel probably passes to ethan for uh-huh. reviews you know? yeah well it'll be interesting to see i kind of feel like they must have done something separately like they before. only have a shared imdb i don't think they even oh. have individual imdbs yeah, they 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 have a shared IMDb. There's not even any information about anything they've done separately. That is bonkers. There's got to be like a section differences. Yeah. <laughs> Spot the difference. Spot the difference. Man, Hail Caesar. They wrote Unbroken. Fascinating. Yeah. Hail Caesar only had two nominations. Hail Caesar is the least nominated movie in their oeuvre. I, can I just say the reason why I think that is, is because it came out in like February. I remember watching it in a theater in February thinking like, what the fuck did they just do? Because they, it's, it can't possibly win any Oscars coming out in February. Yeah, it was literally February 1st is when it came out. Yeah, I saw it at the Arclight in Hollywood. It's so good. It's so good. On wings as eagles. Would that it were so simple. I yeah, that movie is probably my favorite. It's Coen like Brothers a Wes Anderson movie. movie. Yeah. And a Quentin Tarantino movie and a Coen Brothers movie. Yeah. And like an old Hollywood movie. Yeah. All in one. It's so good. It's crazy. If you have not seen Hail Caesar, run. If you only know the Don't Coen walk. Brothers from the big lebowski fargo yeah but yeah see this movie it's really good i i just think it's so tragic that people the studio let them do that yeah that someone messed up there it makes me so mad i also think this is something i don't think i've talked about this on the podcast yet but i'm really excited to see what the oscars are like the 2021 a year oscar or the oscars for 2020 yeah um because they i mean all production's been stopped for the foreseeable future probably through fall yeah and because it's going to be a while before it's like safe for like large groups of people to work together again even you know so um so who like the movies that are going to come out in the winter are going to be different than i think that they would have been mm-hmm. had had covid not happened yeah and so i'm just like really curious and excited to see what ends up being pushed if the rules are going to change at all because the rules are you know theatrical release within the year yeah and so if people can't still can't go to the movie theaters or if you know amc goes bankrupt and there are no theaters left Mm. uh by the end of the year what is that going to mean for the oscar rules and also like the movies themselves that are coming out are going to be like these kind of you know early to middle of the year sundance movies that wouldn't usually get um you know considered for oscar nominations Mm -hmm. and or you know bloodshot starring vin diesel yeah um so you know i'm pretty i'm pretty curious to see how that all shakes out 
Well, I mean, first off, they're going to start nominating TikToks for sure. Oh, yeah. They're going to start nominating TikToks Oh, for yeah. Oscars. They're definitely going to start nominating TikToks before stunt actors. Because <laughs> there's no respect for stunt actors yeah. in the Academy. That's the other thing I was telling the gang about doing these episodes one-on-one is that a lot of it is just like staring at each other until one person relents and says something. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm fine with silence. Me too. We're just wasting tape and battery though. Because we recorded tape. We recorded tape? <laughs> yeah, we recorded tape. Um, And I just uh, hit play on a boom box... And hope that people hear the podcast. It's supposed to be a tape spinning. Uh-huh. Yeah. How are my VFX? Or AFX? Your, uh, yeah, your Foley. My FX. Foley noises. Did you hear, by the way, that FX has the movies? FX has the movies. Facts. Well, this has been a good check-in. Do you have anything else you want to say? I think I didn't answer your question. Oh, okay. No, I did. I did. I did. I don't I did. remember what my question was. Yeah, me neither. Let's move on. Okay. <laughs> um, cool. Well. So at the 45 minute mark, which <laughs> we are It's only been now, 22 minutes. What movie are we talking about today? Today we're talking about a documentary. It's called Mea Maximal Culpa, mm-hmm. Silence in the House of God. Yes um yeah so it's a it's a documentary about abuse of children by priests yes um and specifically i mean it kind of goes into the larger you know uh phenomenon i guess is a bad word for it but you know the larger thing um but the where we start with the story is specifically this one or I guess the kind of like the micro. So there's like a micro and a macro story that they're telling here in this documentary. And the micro is these four uh, men who, when they were boys, they were at a school for the deaf, like a mm-hmm. Catholic school for the deaf. Um, and they were all abused by the same priest. Yes. Yeah. And then it follows, you know, their journey, like their, you know, their personal lives and processing it as well as, um, their legal journey to try to take action against the church and the priest and the school. Um, and then it also kind of, you know, zooms out and shows um, more of what was going on all the way up to the top levels of the Catholic church. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. Well, so, so, okay. Ethan Hawke, he is, the voice of so there are several in the beginning basically just in the beginning of the movie Mm -hmm. there are several uh deaf um people that are telling what their story is and their the the their signs are translated into spoken word Mm -hmm. um and those are done by various actors and ethan is one of them yes let me Pull up the names of the actors and the... uh... Okay, so um, Jamie Sheridan, uh, who you may know from Law and Order Criminal Intent. Mm -hmm. Um, He was the voice of Terry. 
Chris Cooper, who we know from several films in the Ethan Hawke cinematic universe. Um, he was the voice of Gary. And Ethan Hawke was the voice of Pat. And John Slattery from Mad Men was the voice of Arthur. Yeah. And we see them mostly in the beginning mm-hmm. of the movie. Yeah. Somewhat so- toward the middle. But the end of the movie is mostly about ratzinger who later became pope benedict Mm -hmm. the 16th the 16th yes um so yeah so the beginning is about specifically about this priest father murphy Mm -hmm. who was the one that was abusing children um and about their efforts to sort of publicize this and they had been handing out flyers that said wanted Father Murphy or something. Oh, uh-huh. Yeah. And they didn't say what it was for. Mm-hmm. They just wanted people to, like, pay attention to them, basically. Yeah. So this is when they were older, like, after they were at the school. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Um, so this was... So when they were doing this, they were putting out the flyers, like... Uh, I think like kind of by city hall and mm. so they were handing them out and um, they weren't saying any- they weren't you know like saying you're signing anything they were just handing them out to people or they would like put them in the like windshield wipers on cars um, and then eventually like the DA did take a meeting with them yeah um, but that ended that kind of was a dead end because yeah, the, de- the DA, DA ran like a very short investigation or the assistant DA, the DA sent out the assistant DA mm-hmm. ran a very short investigation. They only interviewed people that were currently at the school. They didn't interview any former students, um, which mm-hmm. obviously as we know, like people don't always speak out when they're in that situation. Yeah. Um, and then the investigation basically just ended. Yeah, and so one of the things that they said was that like the like the DA was a devout Catholic and that could have been part of it. Um on top of on top of the fact that no yeah. one was yeah. Was willing to come forward. And eventually he did get the priest did get uh, he was retired, I guess, but n- none of the students when he was like retiring because he said it was like always oh, for health reasons mm-hmm. um but no one none of this current students knew why he was leaving so they all gave this big speech about like how much they loved him and all those kind of things mm-hmm. without having knowing um what was going on yeah um and i don't exactly remember why who it was that they ended up i get did they did they get in touch with the bishop or something? What was it that made him, that made Murphy leave? So, I mean, there was a, a lot, there were a lot of like steps that happened. So basically yeah. the, like, what we ended up finding out is that the Catholic church was aware, had probably been aware of his, like the child abuse from Murphy specifically since like the early sixties, I think. Right. Um, because one of the boys so one week there was uh another priest that came like he took he had taken like a week off uh father murphy Mm -hmm. and then another priest came in uh for the week and so one of the boys told him what was going on 
Mm -hmm. and that same priest had previously already reported father murphy Mm. and so you know then he went back and he reported him again presumably but like nothing ever came of it right um so it was kind of a series of things i i don't know why he ended up ultimately leaving because yeah he was like forced out but i don't remember by who Mm -hmm. but he was but it was a pretty gentle yeah considering like what he had done like he had like you know like i said the students didn't know why he was leaving number Mm -hmm. one he wasn't defrocked yeah and then later on he ended up going to a different Mm -hmm. um parish somewhere else and they didn't know what he had done yeah and he had probably abused abused hundreds of boys yeah um and then on, on top of it like uh you know he had also used some of like the older boys to groom the younger boys yeah. so it became like a cycle yeah, of yeah. continuous abuse and he didn't um he never he was never defrocked he was never Mm-mm. he just like retired and yeah so what ended up happening so after he retired there was another there was a bishop who ended up helping. He was like the bishop of uh, Milwaukee or something at the time. Who ended? Who this bishop did end up being like mm-hmm. sent away or out, but not because he was an abuser, but because he was openly gay. Right. So, um, let's see if I have his name. Doyle. No. Weakland. Yeah. Yeah. yeah so yeah, he was yeah. the Archbishop of Milwaukee. And so he um, he submitted the Murphy case to the Vatican, um, and he knew that the statute of limitations had been up on you know the actual sexual abuse. But what he did submit on was the misuse of the confessional booth, because so for because the, these were like deaf students, the confessional booth had like a really large window in it, mm-hmm. um, you know, so you could see signing. Um, but then he used that to, you know, uh, abuse the boys through the window. Mm-hmm. And, um, and so that was like grounds enough, I guess, to get a little bit further than right. anyone had gotten before. Um, but ultimately the case didn't f- go forward because, uh, Murphy was ill mm-hmm. is what they said. The, so, uh, Murphy had written a letter to Ratzinger, who at this point was, I think this is kind of an important part of the story. So Ratzinger, later Benedict XVI, was, he had made himself like head of child abuse investigations, yeah. essentially. Um, and he, so Murphy wrote a letter to Ratzinger saying he just wanted to live out the rest of his life and not you know have to deal with this in his final days um so the church just dropped it yeah yeah um yeah and what was kind of interesting about that whole ratzinger thing was that uh there was another kind of notorious like uh abusive priest um named Maciel. right yeah so he he was like, they knew, they knew for sure that he was uh, like an abuser, um, but he was never investigated by the church because John Paul II 
who was pope at the time uh wait wasn't it with Maciel that he was protecting people or was it that he was an abuser himself i thought he was protecting no people. i think he was an abuser himself mm. and um because and Maciel like gave the church a lot of money and right. he like you know worshiped john paul ii so because of that um john paul ii kind of and um sodano sodano is the one who was protecting people a lot of oh okay yeah you're right yeah yeah so um the two of them made it so that he was never really investigated yeah yeah even though everyone knew and then i think that uh later when ratzinger became pope he still was unable to do anything about it because even though he was the pope like sodano was still so influential and high in power mm-hmm. that he couldn't do anything right bonkers feels a little like messed up that not even the pope can do anything yeah in that situation but yeah one of the yeah i mean it's just really horrible stuff one of the lines that um i forgot which one of the men said it but he said why was jesus just watching mm-hmm. that was hard they also talked a bit about ireland Yes, they did. They talk about Tony Walsh, mm-hmm. who's like the Elvis priest. He was known for his dance moves and blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. But he also abused hundreds of boys. Yes. Um, and he got arrested. He did, but it took a really... Well, it took a long, long time. Yeah. And then this this whole thing had like a huge effect on Ireland, who, you know, famously very Catholic country. Mm-hmm. Um church attendance like went down all that stuff yeah i think what it it seems like one of the big things was that the way that the vatican had responded i think that was some one of the things that had upset a lot of people yeah so walsh wasn't like even dismissed from uh his priesthood until after he was arrested. arrested yeah and um after that happened they did dismiss him but the church kind of pushed the blame on irish bishops for not uh for not saying anything or yeah, doing even anything though they had but they had and so then and there was a document that proved it mm-hmm. too yeah and so they someone anonymously a, a bishop an irish bishop released that document to the news to the newspaper to some newspaper yeah and um and so yeah i don't know that caused a lot of discord between ireland and the church yeah and they talk also about like boston the boston globe story right which is like the big the basically the when the levy broke basically mm-hmm. spotlight yeah did you see that movie no i didn't no oh, it's a good movie i mean best picture i don't know but it was a good movie mm-hmm. um one other kind of interesting uh side like history note about the church and uh, child abuse. Um, so there was one priest named Father Fitzgerald who, and this I think was like mm, over a hundred years ago. He, or maybe a hundred years ago, he believed that child abusing pri- priests just couldn't be stopped. Like there was nothing you can do. Right. The so, island, yeah. right? Yeah. So, that was so interesting. Yeah. So he said that they needed to be removed and sent to a life of penance and prayer away from children. And, yeah. you know, so the church was going to buy an island where they could send pedophiles, um, but they ultimately decided against it. 
uh, which like on the one hand, like, yeah, buying an island seems extreme, but on the other hand, you're saving children. Yeah. Um, so yeah. So then the new, you know, kind of motto of the church with regard to pedophiles was rehabilitate and recirculate. Yeah. So they would send them to like a, you know, kind of like a correction, not even, but not even like a correction, like a, just like you go here and you pray about it for a little bit and then we'll send you back out to another parish. Right. And with this unsuspecting was, victims. yeah, this was, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And this is, you know, continued to be the policy. Right. Yeah. And then there were lots of, um, you know, kind of, uh, Catholic historians that pitched in and said, you know, that there was evidence going back, like, you know, thousands of years showing that this has always been an issue with the Catholic Church. Mm -hmm. Going back to Father Murphy. Mm -hmm. So there was one, um, there was one man, he wasn't one of the four that was like represented by an actor's voice at the beginning, but um, his name was Bob Bolger. And so he was another, he had been another student at the St. John School of the Deaf. And so he wanted to expose Murphy and so he and I think um, Gary, who was one of the original four, um, they went on a road trip to Murphy's cabin. And um, there's footage of him confronting Murphy from this visit. And um, he, uh, so Bob Bulger like knocks on his door and he starts like, you know, like yelling at him and signing at him simultaneously. Like, go turn yourself into the police. Yeah. Like, you you know, you're a child abuser. And um, Murphy, you see, he just waves him off and he says, it was in the past. Like, you need to leave me alone. And then he just goes inside. And it's just really horrible to watch. Yeah, and there's the woman that... Yeah, and there's a woman there, too. Who's, like his care, who's Murphy's caretaker. Yeah, and she just keeps asking, like, are you a Catholic? Are you a yeah. Catholic? Like, and that's then, not what this is about. Yeah. Yeah, it's really upsetting to watch. Yeah. And then there was another guy named Terry who was one of the original four. And he talks about how um, he didn't tell his wife for a long time. But when he finally told her, she took him to a psychologist and he was able to like work through a lot of his like, you know, anger and grief. And um, he ultimately wrote a seven page letter to Murphy and he never heard back. Mm hmm. Um, but Terry was later uh, taken on by a lawyer named Jeff Anderson. Yes. Yeah. And so this is kind of where the movie comes to a head where he's uh, trying to sue the Vatican. Yeah. Yeah. So this is kind of part of like Jeff Anderson is like, you know, larger uh, part of Jeff Anderson's like larger mission to kind of. Uh, come up against the church for this specific issue. Um, by 2010, it said that he had set forth 15, over 1,500 lawsuits against the church. Yeah. Um, and then something that was kind of interesting that they got in, that they touched on was that the the way that the Vatican is technically a state, like so they have their own laws, right? Um, but they're not really a state in you know the same sense as any other country. So it's kind of gets complicated there. Yeah, basically the fact that it means that they're, uh, uh, they can't be prosecuted or anything like that because they're their own government. Yeah. 
Yeah. And then there was something that I didn't totally understand that had to do with a lot of um, the diocese going bankrupt. And so in the process of, of those dioceses going bankrupt, um, documents about abuse cover-ups were coming out because I guess they were able to, like, I don't know, get, yeah, get documents. Sure. I wasn't totally sure how that worked, but... Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I wasn't sure about that either. But, yeah, I don't know. It was a, a challenging but informative view mm-hmm. or, or watch, I mean. And uh, go check it out. That's what I would say. Yeah. If, uh, if you feel comfortable with that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, the Jeff Anderson guy, he, I, I mentioned this before, but I've seen, like, ads of him on TV where he's, mm-hmm. like, saying, like, oh, if you were a victim or whatever, mm-hmm. you know, contact me and all this stuff. Yeah. So he's still he's still doing it. He's still because I because I saw him and it took me a while, but I recognized him. I was like, oh man, I've seen this guy in the commercials and stuff. Yeah, it's interesting. Oh, and they mentioned that the Holy See was made by Mussolini. Right, right, right. That was yeah part of the yeah. They had like that's how it became a state is that they made a deal. Mm-hmm. Because they supported his fascist regime, and yeah. then he, in exchange, he gave them statehood. Yeah. And they said that the same thing uh, with deaf kids had happened in Italy. Yes. Um, and so we see this whole sequence that's a, a protest outside of a school for the deaf in Italy. Yeah. Yeah. And they talked They talked a bit uh, earlier with regards to Murphy about how he would Murphy would target children whose parents didn't sign. Mm-hmm. So they had so no way to... They had no easy way to communicate with their parents that what had happened. Mm-hmm yeah crazy yeah the other thing um is that a lot of these boys were illiterate or almost illiterate and so one of them had when he was you know when he was an adult but still younger um he he was trying to sue the church um but uh you know, they kept coming back to him, like trying to get him to stop. Like nuns and priests from, you know, would come, but and eventually a nun forced him to sign a settlement that only would give him like a couple thousand dollars for, mm-hmm. you know, uh, like trauma incurred. Um, but part of the settlement was that he had to apologize to the church, right, for causing trouble, basically. Right, right, right. Um, and he basically like didn't know what he was signing. Yeah, I mean, I guess watching this documentary made me think of, um, uh, we watched a few yeah. months ago, we watched, uh, what's the name of that movie? I don't remember. It's a Francoise's own movie called... Do you want me to look it up? By the Name of God. By the Grace of God? By the Grace of God. By the Grace of God. That's yeah. it. Grace à Dieu. That was a similarly difficult movie to watch. Mm-hmm. Um, it wasn't a documentary. It was a narrative film, but inspired by true yeah. events. And it was about, uh, you know, similarly a group of uh, men who had all been abused by the same priest that all found each other. Yeah. And the interesting thing also structurally, mm-hmm. this movie kind of, the um, the one we watched, just watched, moves from one sort of place to the next Mm -hmm. 
And that movie, by the grace of God, also kind of, it starts off with one person and then yeah. moves, connects to the next person, connects to the next person. Mm-hmm. Um, sort of, they all pass off onto the next person. The, the story passes on. So it's kind of interesting. Yeah. Um, yeah, this documentary won three Emmys mm. when it came out. It was... Uh, so it was a TV documentary? Yes. It was an HBO original. Yeah, it went for documentary filmmaking, editing and nonfiction programming, and writing for nonfiction programming. Mm-hmm. And it was directed by Alex Gibney. Yes, who, who we know is yeah. co-creator of um, The Looming Tower. Yes, and he's also, I mean, he's done so many documentaries. Mm-hmm. Um, he did recently Inventor, right? I don't know what that is. Uh, yeah, we watched it with what's her name with the low voice and the turtleneck. The little voice. The and low the turtle voice neck? and the turtleneck. You know who I'm talking about. She's blonde, Elizabeth. The oh, Elizabeth Holmes. Holmes. Yeah, Theranos. Yeah. Yes, Theranos. Yeah. So he directed the Inventor. Yeah. Part of Freakonomics. Enron, the smartest guys in the room. So he's done a lot of kind of important uh, nonfiction for television. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, this wasn't a very Ethan Hawke heavy yeah, piece. Yeah. But he, I think he did a good job blending the voice to mm. um, that one guy. Yeah. Um, Pat, right? Pat Coon. Pat, yeah. Any other thoughts? No, no. I, I it's been a very Catholic week. Cause yesterday was Easter. Right, Happy Easter. He is risen. Yes. Um. And I was listening to a podcast. Mm-hmm. Um. About specifically about the Jesuits. Mm. Um. What podcast? It's called Revisionist History. Oh yeah. Yeah. I've heard of it. <laughs> um. And it was about this thing called casuistry which is like a Jesuit thing, um, which is a, it's, as per Wikipedia, it's a process of reasoning that seeks to resolve moral problems by extracting or extending theoretical rules from a particular case. It's basically like solving problems on like a case-by-case basis. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I don't know. It's interesting. Do you have something to share with us? Sure. Oh, really? <laughs> Okay. I should sure. I not? No, you should. All right. I just wasn't sure. Well, I was looking at mentions of hawks in the Bible. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, and, yeah. Do you want to do it? You never do it. <laughs> I was not expecting that. I wasn't looking at you. So if you were like, you know, amping up for that, I did not see it. Uh, um, but wow. That was a good one. So there are a few mentions. Mm -hmm. There's Job 39. And Job is Job is good. There are a few different lines about um, it's all about animals. This Job 39. Mm -hmm. I don't really know what it means. Well, why don't you read it to me? But well, it's there's 30 lines of it. So I'm not going to read the whole thing. But there's a mention of hawks in here. Where it says, oh no, I can't find it. Is it by your understanding that the hawk soars and spreads his wings toward the south? 
Is it at your command that the eagle mounts up and makes his nest on high? On the rock he dwells and makes his home, on the rocky crag and stronghold. From there he spies out the prey, his eyes behold it from far away. His young ones suck up blood, and where the slain are, there is he. Interesting. There's also some, uh, some other mentions. There's one in Leviticus 11. Mm, we don't like Leviticus. <laughs> and this is about clean and... Is, that, is Leviticus the one about gay people? I mean, yes. Yeah, is there, that where that comes up? There is a mention in that one, yeah. Okay. Well, so this Ele- Leviticus 11 is about clean and unclean food. Mm-hmm. That's what most of Leviticus is about, is about what's clean and unclean. So, like, you know, that's why you don't eat pork. Um, or shellfish right um and that's why you don't ma- match two different kinds of fabric right. and that's why you don't have anal sex right. um yeah but anyway continue yes so leviticus eleven thirteen. these are the birds you are to regard as unclean and not eat because they are unclean the eagle the vulture the black vulture 14 the red kite, any kind of black kite, 15. Any kind of raven, 16. The horned owl, the screech owl, the gull, any kind of hawk. Hmm. 17. The little owl, cormorant, the great owl. 18. The white owl, the desert owl, the osprey. 19. The stork, any kind of heron, the hoopoe, and the bat. All flying insects that walk on all fours are to be as regarded as unclean by you. There are a lot of uh, very specific very specific things like 21 there are however some flying insects that walk on all fours that you may eat (laughs) those that have jointed legs for hopping on the ground Hmm. which means of these 22 of these you may eat any kind of locust disgusting cat don't know what that is cat catty did Hmm. cricket i think i've eaten crickets before yeah crickets are a thing or grasshopper but all other in flying insects that have four legs you are to regard as unclean. So there's quite a few. There's a handful of references. That's it. Cool. Not really a fact. Just I mean, it is a fact. It's a fact that the hawk is mentioned in the Bible in those true. times. So. Yes, that's true. Yeah. Well, thank you. That was very informative. Mm-hmm. Well, it's been fun. Good check-in. No, not fun. Like, okay, sorry. Yeah. Let's... let's Let's uh, rewind. It's been a good discussion. Yeah, it's been a pleasure talking to you. Mm-hmm. Uh, nice meeting you. <laughs> For the very first time. For the very first time. Um, yeah, so I've been Harper. You can find me on the internet at Harping About. Uh, something I've been enjoying in pop culture outside of Ethan Hawke is I just finished rereading Harry Potter and the Sorcerer's Stone right before we started recording this and i gotta say it was good there were some things that i didn't really remember because i think i've watched the movies more than i've read the books and it was nice to get that little refresher and it's just a nice world to live in although i feel like reading the first book now knowing what happens in the following seven books makes everything seem like more foreboding mm-hmm. everything that happens in the first book yeah i don't know because even in the first book harry has such a sense of 
uh, like the gravity of Voldemort right. and the whole situation in a way that Ron and Hermione don't understand yet. Um, and I think that's really interesting to see. And it's, and like the seriousness of this kid is like pretty sad. It's pretty tragic. Because mm-hmm. he's just so, he just has the whole weight of the world on his shoulders from the very moment he finds out like who he is how much of the books how much was planned out like how much did she know that she was gonna do before when she started i mean reading this one she must have had like an idea pretty far out of where it was gonna go where it was gonna go i don't i don't know for sure Mm. but there are some things that are like very related to what came out came later Mm. so interesting yeah um Jonathan, where can the people find you and what have you been enjoying? Okay, well, my name is Jonathan Zavaleta. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you can find me on Instagram.com <laughs> at John Zavaleta. So it's Instagram.com slash, slash John, John Zavaleta. That's J-O-N-Z-A-V-A-L-E-T-A. Mm-hmm. And you can also find me on Letterboxd using that very same um, thing. J-O-N-Z-A-V-A-L-E-T-A. Yes, and a thing I've been enjoying, I'm back watching batman the animated series i took a bit of a break mm-hmm. so are you I'm... plugging that again yeah oh, okay i'm still enjoying it why wouldn't i yeah great yeah. i'm happy for you no it's good <laughs> yeah listen i just reread harry potter and the sorcerer's stone exactly so... exactly so why are you giving me a hard time no, i'm not giving you a hard time i just feel like it was not that long ago that you uh last reference that but i don't it's... have a lot going on <laughs> Let me have this. <laughs> yeah, that's true. I'm a bad person. I should let you enjoy things. Um, yeah, well, tune in next week. We're going to be talking about a fun little uh, thing that Ethan Hawke did for PBS about Macbeth. Sesame Street presents Macbeth? No. That would be fun, though. Has Ethan Hawke ever done Sesame Street? We should look into that. I, I doubt, doubt it. it. But it would be really good. He should do it, yeah. And all the kids would be like, who is this man? <laughs> what is he doing? And then... Why is he talking about... Yeah, he'd Saul come... Bellow. Oh, this is his first reformed character. <laughs> and teach the kids about global warming. Yeah. Well, somebody has to do something. Elmo can do something. (laughs) Yeah. Only in my dreams would that happen. It's a nice dream, though. Okay. What's happening with your face? He was interviewed. (laughs) This is as per the Muppet Wikipedia. Uh Uh-huh. I trust it. He was interviewed by Gonzo in the fall 1985 issue of Muppet Magazine. 1985 for Explorers? Yeah, for Explorers. Is there a video of this? I think it was a, he's a magazine, so I think it was oh. print. Yeah, but there's a photo. There's a photo? There's a photo of Ethan Hawke and Gonzo. Sh- turn it around, show me. Yeah. Why wouldn't there be... That's wild. <laughs> oh my gosh. 
how are we just finding out about this this is incredible okay well i'll definitely be posting this on the instagram and the twitter yeah um that's great i need you to send me that please yeah yeah yeah, for sure wow well you learn something new about ethan hawk every day that's what i've discovered during <laughs> this podcast you sure do it never ends well <laughs> good night everyone <laughs> good night <laughs>